to Gate. This is episode 163. We're talking Stargate Atlantis, season one, episode six. My name is Mitch. Joining me, the Get in the Gate team, we've got Matty. Hey. And Brendan. What are you going to do, Matty? What's going on? It's Richard. <laughs> hey, Richard. I put a in my mouth and I forgot it was a chewy caramel thing, so now it's going to be in so for a while. Like, yeah. that's a commitment chew, that. That's mm. a couple of minutes of your time. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, of all the preamble we did before pressing record on the podcast, yeah. no lollies, no drinking. I should have left it. Richard, left Richard it. does have an infamous load. <laughs> we call the caramel. He's your boyfriend. Don't ignore oh. him. He's right there. You know, mate. Just love it. Right there. <laughs> get, get out of We can get all see him. <laughs> Who's Richard? Yeah. Don't pretend you don't know. Stop the dick. Get your dick out of here. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the guy that plays the piano, and I'm like, what's a different name? <laughs> you suck him He's off. Graham. Too, That's yeah. right, Graham. Graham's yeah, his name. Graham. Right. Yeah, you yeah, blow you Graham get too. You're to the ground to get Graham. He's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Big where it counts, but just low to the God, ground. Yeah. Great. And to gravity. People. Anyway, um, this is a really weird and disgusting way to lead into an episode called Childhood's End. Um, we probably- <laughs> <laughs> I apologise. We but should here- um, play George Michael's Jesus to a Child <laughs> over top of that. Yeah. <laughs> One of the great songs. Or any Michael Jackson song. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking this up big time last week, Maddie, where... I mean, we are in our first season of Stargate Atlantis and you threw back to the first season of SG-1, I want to say, what, episode four or five in uh, First Commandment. And you said, this is basically Atlantis's First Commandment. And I think from memory, First Commandment was our collective worst episode of season one of Stargate One. So I didn't have uh, any great hope for this episode. Um, look, let's get into the synopsis and then I'm going to tell you what I thought for a first time of childhood. Oh, here we go. The team discovers a primitive forest-dwelling tribe that has been untouched by the Wraith for centuries. Unaware of the electromagnetic field that protects them from the Wraith's technology, the tribe believes that ritual suicide at the age of 25 keeps the Wraith at bay. Though Shepard tries to dissuade them from the ritual, the village elders become anxious, fearing that the full-growns in their midst will attract the Wraith. Directed by a great named David Winning and written by someone Maddie is apparently not a big fan of, Martin Jero. Is that how you pronounce his surname? I Gero, believe it's Gero. Gero. Okay, so that's right. He's not sure that'll catch on. Yeah, I feel like. Cooper, you know how to say it. Yeah. If like every time I go, hang on, hang on, is it Jero or Gero? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really like Kindla. Damn you, yeah. Kindla. <laughs> I'm really going to take the momentum out of that bad boy. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I I didn't mind this episode. Like you, yeah, uh, you, yeah, you I don't really mind had it. the aiming aiming low, shooting low for this one, and I I didn't mind it. I actually. I thought it was this, it was a cool way of doing something we've seen a hundred times in SG1. You know, we get to a place we don't like and agree with how they live their lives. We try to prove them wrong. And whether we find a way to do it or not, you know, we end up going on about our business and they just sort of have to adapt, blah, blah, blah. Um, and yeah, like childhood dens full of children, but also dealing with something very dark and adult in suicide. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I I liked it. I'll, I'll talk about it a bit more, obviously, as we go on. But um, 
yeah, black and white. I actually didn't mind this episode. Uh, isolation really must be getting to you, Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> I always remember, I always, during my rewatch, I always do skip this, but I don't mind this episode. I, I, it, it is like the Fifth Commandment because they've got that electromagnetic shield thing like they do in, in First Commandment. Um, it, it, it kind of fades in and out from, from memory, but on this rewatch, I just find the concept pretty hectic. The concept that like every single person for 500 years has committed suicide. Yeah. Their 21st yeah. birthday. And they, Which is you know, so dumb. How young would they be when they had no when they had children as well? Like there's no yeah. there's no real time to worry about a career. Yeah, you wouldn't you know you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get an office job on that you know that no. primitive jungle planet. I've wasted my twenty five. There's years. no office jobs going on there. Uh, yeah, I wonder how old tomorrow. they are when they are having kids. Like, what was the main guy's name? Um, Karras or something? Yes. Lieutenant Elliot, you mean? Lieutenant, <laughs> yeah, Lieutenant Elliot. Here we are. I'm looking at him going, why do I know this guy? I feel like I should know him really, really well. Yeah. yeah. And it's strange that they would use someone that wasn't like a, he wasn't one and done, Elliot, was he? Like we saw him in no, two. No, because he, he was in he two. Did prove, he did Proving Ground and, and then he did that double part of Summit Last Stand yeah. where he died after he got um, Martus. Um, wow. I guess uh, yeah, that's just so strange they would throw him in. Like Mate, there's nothing stranger than having Martouf as Dr. Weir's husband or whatever the fuck. That's just weird. That's the weirdest casting. Oh, Nareem. Well, what Martouf, I said. Nareem. Just yeah, so yeah. stupid. Yeah. yeah. No, I found this stupid as well because, okay, so when, when we met Lieutenant Elliot, what, like three years ago, he was like this young green um, lieutenant in the Air Force. How old do you think he was at that time? How old would yeah. you have pegged him to be? Oh, claiming to be in this episode. Yeah. And then do you think he, back when we met him in Proving Ground, do you reckon he was older or younger than Lieutenant Ford? Yeah, yeah. You definitely think that he was old. Older, oh, yeah. So he's, so he's older than Lieutenant Ford, who's 25 in this episode, yeah. yet he's playing a character that's supposed to commit ritual suicide on his 25th birthday, which clearly passed many years ago. Oh, mate, I mean, let's be honest. Like, if Come he's, on, a, mate. he's a good actor, he's a good actor. I'll give him that. If, if he's but. the elder, like John Travolta he's... was 32 when he made Grease. He's trying to be a 17 year old. No one complains <laughs> about it. that. Looked no one complains about oh, Stockard Channing looked 40 in that. She, well, she was about 35, 36. That's the thing. She gets all the beef for it. Everyone else was older. They were late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. No, in fairness, I was going She a bit... sounds like she's 56. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's from the Darius. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I I was going a little bit bad boys too when he first took off Lucky's head scarf situation when they walked in. He's the elder, mm. and they're like, "How old are you?" He's like, "I'm 24." And then he takes it off, and I'm like, "Oh shit, nigga, you thought so, bro? You at least 30." Oh, and and who who knew they had like you know hair gel on a jungle planet as well because that hair was you know pretty immaculate. Cl- he could have been a member of bloody in sync with those little spikes that he had going on. That yeah. was perfectly manicured spiky hair. Great. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, there's some really great team interactions and great McKay gear. There's a bit of suspense, yeah. especially when they're trying to get <laughs> the ZPM back in, and you're like, that uh, that great team interaction. That great team inter- interaction where even um, Shepard forgets about Ford. Did you notice that when they go up, when they go up to meet him, and the thing is like, this is McKay and Taylor and 
and then he doesn't introduce Ford at all. What? He stops and then gets. Yeah, I forgot to get the timestamp for you, but he introduces everybody except Ford. And I'm like, even Shepard's forgetting about (laughs) Ford now. I'm like, God damn it. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Karis, one of the village elders. I'm Shepard, and this is Rodney and Taylor, and you say you're one of the elders? (laughs) Yes. That's hilarious. Uh, sorry there. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, Ford's got a hard enough gig as it is. If anything... Actually, he was alright in this episode. I didn't mind him. I was going to say, case. if anything, this would have been a good episode for Ford because it's like, I kind of wish, like, the the elders, like, looked at Ford as an elder because yeah. of their age and almost, like, dismissed the other three because they were too old. Yeah, yeah, like, like seen you know, I almost wish yeah. they'd kind of done things that way and given Ford something to do. It could have actually sort of saved this episode a little bit. Yeah. But, and then at the start when they're, um, like the cold open, they're flying through the gate in the puddle jumper. And it's like, once they come through the gate on the planet and they're flying around. This one. No, I do not believe this is the world I visited before. Anything look familiar to you, Taylor? It is difficult by air, but every world is unique in its own way. Hmm. I've read a lot of reports from SG teams on missions like this one, specifically the uh, mission reports of Colonel Samantha Carter. She and I uh, worked together to avert global catastrophe a few years back, and she and I... <laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, what was I saying? <laughs> mission reports. Right. Well, apparently there's remarkable similarities between worlds that support life. Uh, it makes sense, really. I mean, for example, the uh, color of the sky is just a product. What was that? That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, watching yeah. the episode now? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Where was I? <laughs> um, so they come through the Stargate and then ask Taylor if she knows the planet. Wouldn't they have done mm. that in like the briefing before the mission? Like, yeah. Where did they, a where did they get the address from? Hey Taylor, do you know P four M three six three? Right. No, hey, never here's, heard here's of this, it. Here's the symbols for this address. Taylor, do you know it? Yeah. Why would they wait until they've been approved for the mission and go through and then ask Taylor? I'm like, that's just dumb. Does Taylor, it'd be better if Taylor had like a book of known gate addresses. Oh, that could be fun. Obviously, they never do that. It's all in the head. Well, and locked, also, locked isn't, isn't, um, doesn't Atlantis have like the entire database in there anyway? It's just Taylor doesn't mm. know all the addresses. She only knows the ones that she's been to. Yeah, but at but least like, they'd be able to say friend or foe, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, but even yeah, like like Taylor would know an address. Like if she only knows ten planets, she's gonna know those addresses off by heart because that's the only way she can get to them is by dialing them. Yeah. Like yeah, so she would need, either need them in a book written down somewhere or commit them to memory. So it's you like what I mean like a an not a, necessarily an ancient one, but a, like a generational book where people have written down what's what's oh. happened, like a historical notepad about you know where we've been good planet bad planet you're getting into like charmed book of shadows territory there I it would have been it, it would have been not it would have been nice because it would have given taylor something to yeah do. <laughs> give her a bit of knowledge and, and it'd be a great way to to uncover things and you know yeah she like she may not have read the whole book or she could have been like oh this is yeah this planet was good about like 60 years ago but who knows now you know and they yeah. find other shit that's the thing, like when we first meet the Ephosians, they struck me as being just another 
primitive type race, right? Mm. Like just the way they live, the sort of clothes they dressed in, they sort of seem to fit the Stargate mold of a primitive race that don't leave their planet, don't use the Stargate, are aware of it. I'm kind of aware of what it is in historical nature and who built it or whatever, but otherwise Mm. aren't really affected by it. Yet... Uh, something last week came up and then obviously that comment at the start of this episode where they ask her oh is this you know do you recognize it and she's saying no it doesn't look like something that i've been to so while i haven't found this out yet i'm sort of asking for answers that i may or may not get in the future how how much are we supposed to be aware of like how much the athosians supposed to have like left their planet are they frequent travelers even though because i just i see them and i go i think they just had trading partners and they'd go probably like a half a dozen different addresses they'd travel to and yeah and they would and they would trade goods back and forth yeah Yeah. that's cool because we didn't really see a lot of that in sg1 right like they sort of you had more advanced people that maybe did use it or or is it more the threat of the of the gould was more present obviously the wraith hadn't been around for centuries yeah, yeah well, that's I think, true i think you know taylor is for all intents and purposes at this stage she's the tilk of yeah. sg of atlantis whereas it's like she had off-world allies and, and trading partners and stuff like that whereas tilk is just like oh oh yeah i killed a lot of people on this planet once he gets put on trial in Korai for stuff that he did the last time they were at that planet yeah. so yeah tilk never was like oh yeah i've been to this planet before there's some cool people here he's mm. like oh no there's you know there's invisible dragonflies on this planet that you can hunt oh no wait it's the nox um or it's mm. like oh yeah I, I killed a lot of people on this planet um and that's about yeah. it. So it is, a, it is a fresh touch that Taylor can be like, oh, I have allies that we can talk to. I don't know why they didn't go and stay with them instead of staying on Atlantis, but... Mm. Yeah, piss off. What are you doing? <laughs> they found mainland and they're planting a lot of crops. They're busy planting crops. Okay. Yeah. Great news. Didn't cool, care. thanks, guys. Didn't care the first time you spoke about them. <laughs> Weren't interested. I, I did like this episode better than last week's. Um, still, I can't really? even remember the name of it. That's how much suspicion. That's so boring. Really, for me, no, it was just opposite for me. Well, we was in it less to this episode. I think that's probably the reason. That's what I'm getting at. But there was a bit that annoyed me the most <clears throat> with talking about we, where um, oh god, I knew you were going to here. We go <laughs> where uh, McKay and and her were having a bit of an argument about religion, and you know that the Americans are pretty hard on religious freedoms. There's another thing. Uh-huh. I think I have a theory about the uh, suicide pact. Yeah, what is it? I'm not sure how much power this thing had to start with, but whoever built the EM device knew it wouldn't be able to power a field large enough to cover the whole planet for very long. So it was built to protect a smaller area. More or less the area around the villages. But if the population got much larger than they are now, there's a chance the kids would move out of the field and may become susceptible to a wraith attack. So the suicide pact is... Population control. Wow, that's a little severe. A little? The point is, they believe if they die in fear and turmoil, they don't get to go to their version of heaven. Now, while this, at the very least, guarantees that they die in peace, it's, uh, well, it's a religion, and a pretty ridiculous one at that. Well, that's not a judgment that we can make for them. (laughs) No. 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 And I'd like you and Lieutenant Ford to return the ZPM and get their device back online. So to me, it was like, oh my God, that's crazy that they're committing suicide at such a young age or whatever. 
And then he's like, the second he uses the word religion, she's like, oh, hang on, we can't interfere with that. Yeah. It was like, yeah. he uses the word religion. And he's like, yeah, but at least you can, you can educate them and then their religion or their beliefs will become moot because they don't, they don't at least yeah. argue I think it's, about it. It's that, it's that fine line that you walk, whereas it's like, I don't respect any religion. I don't care whether it's Buddhism, Christianity. I don't, I don't respect any of those religions, but I respect people's right to believe in them. If you want to believe in those, that is your right. Yeah. It's, not, it's not for me to tell you not to believe in that. Mm. But I'm, I can judge your religion. I can't judge your choice to believe in that religion. Yeah. So, well, for me, it was like she, he, as soon as he's used that word, it's a religion, it's a stupid religion. She's like, well, we can't interfere. And he's like, oh, no. And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, okay. Why not? Like, it's not, it's not the first, like, SG1 does it all the time. The fact that she was on board by, if she wanted to stop them from committing suicide, she was on board. It wasn't for me. It was until she, he kind of introduced that it's their religion. She's like, Oh, that's their right to have that religious belief, which I agree. It is their right, but you can all, you, they also have the right to learn, know the truth. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Which she was um, just dismissing to me. I was like, what are you doing? That was the well, end of the conversation. And, and it's funny you say that it's, um, it's going to be a little bit long and I don't know how we're going to do it. You know, I, I mean, I mean, you know, isolation. So we can't even let Graham in to play the piano. So you know, if he wants to do it. Lo- if he wants to do it remotely, go for it. Actually, here comes Graham. He zoomed in. <laughs> hey, Graham. How are those knackers of yours, mate? Nice, I'm, 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 I'm sorry about what I said about your penis earlier, Graham. <laughs> yeah. It's not tiny. <laughs> it's not tiny. <laughs> Massive dick, though. It's yeah, funny. yeah. In relative terms, yeah. it's huge. Yes. So this is a bit long, so bear with me. But um, both Joe Flanagan and Tori Higginson really didn't like this episode when uh, when they read the script. So for Joe Flanagan, initial concerns about the overall tone and direction of the episode went a little deeper than worries about working with children. He says, I remember approaching Brad and telling him, this script doesn't work because there's no real threat. Um, and Brad Wright said, yeah, there is. These kids are going to kill themselves. And Joe says, well, that's not a threat to us. And then Brad said, yeah, it's a threat because you care. It was a really important point to make because there's no physical threat. And for the most part, it was minor, a bunch of kids with bows and arrows. But it is a character exploration uh, is seeing how much they care. And it reveals that Shepard has a softer side. Child's Was was also an interesting interlude for Elizabeth Weir, as her moral compass was challenged by the discovery of the children's functioning ZPM, ZPM. Uh, should Atlantis <laughs> I might call it a ZZPM and that way we'll just cover ourselves no I'd prefer you just pick a side mate <laughs> <laughs> should Atlantis you can say Z that's fine <laughs> should Atlantis take what they need though it's not theirs simply with the argument that the population could be brought back to the city for protection I remember being frustrated yes. says Tori <laughs> I remember being frustrated says Tori Higginson because I wanted to say more there was something that she really would have fought against. But, uh, but that happens. There are stories that have to be told and it's hard to appease every character. But to be honest, I felt it was a, there was a bit of an inconsistency there. Childhood End marked the first instance where Weir was face, faced with the possibility of compromising on her strict moral standing as life in the Pegasus galaxy forces them all to adapt. I think she was pretty strong in her beliefs in that, Rodney, you have to take it back. Rodney, do you think this is fair? And the only reason Rodney kind of said... Yeah, fair enough, is because 
that the ZPM was basically yeah like nearly empty complete yeah, depleted yeah depleted but I I thought you'd like this part Brendan this is a little special gift for you Tori Higginson says of Weir's journey in Atlantis I think she was probably a very irritating person in her twenties <laughs> <laughs> because she just lived thirties and forties. <laughs> Because she just lived very much by her political ideals and the idea that compromise was something that was comparable to weakness as far as your moral thoughts go. We are dealing with different worlds here and no matter how much I think, I still think she would have fought, it is forcing her to make huge compromises that I think will cost her. Hmm. In terms of the shepherd stuff, like I, th- I think for me, for being a father, like you know that children think they know best. So when when Shepherd was like, no, believe me, you need you guys need to listen to us. You don't need to kill yourself. And then um, old mate Elliot gets shot with the arrow, and he was just fuming. He was saying, "We are going to defend ourselves. Back up, or I will shoot you." Mm. And he's saying it to children. It's like to me, that's pretty. There's a lot of peril there, and obviously the threat. There's a threat from the wraith coming, and also these idiot kids not knowing anything. So for me, yeah. it was like, it was like, a, it was kind of peril coming from both angles. They might not have been high, but it was, for me, it worked in that scenario. Mm. I, yeah, like, I just like that little bit. It was particular. I was like three people with P90s and, you know, four kids with crossbows. That was going to be a massacre. Like, <clears throat> yeah, most of how... them would have missed. <laughs> <laughs> Ford, Ford probably would have copped it. <laughs> I thought it was. It was really dumb on like the, the the natives of this planet to come up with the whole kill yourself at 25. Like the thing I, I'd missed mm. because it's been so long since I've watched this is I thought the EMP field was an ancient device and it was the ancients who were protecting these people. Well, it but has to be if this is ZPM, isn't it? No, they say in the episode that the people on this planet created the technology. So it's, it's not ancient technology but it's powered by a ZPM, which again is a weird, weird thing that they're smart enough to use a ZPM as a power source to create this um, EMP field. Hmm. And then not just tell people that, Oh, just don't go outside this area, but instead start this cultural thing of, Oh, kill yourself at 25. I'm like, that's dumb. There was an ancient, it was, what did they, they called it the old city or the ancient city. So I was assumed it was ancient technology. Me too, but there's a line in there that I talk about, and yeah, it's not it's not ancient tech. It's native tech powered by a ZPM, which really so dumb. If it was if it was an ancient device, I kind of and they and they did well. That would make sense. It. Yeah, it, it would, would make sense. sense. Although like, that was the whole concept of it, though, that they didn't they they assumed that they just weren't allowed to. The ancients said, "Don't leave this area." So then they've gone. Well, if we grow, then we're going to expand, and everyone will be fucked. No. So Why didn't they move the gate near closer to the concert so the darts had to fly through that thing? You know right. What I mean? There's the just so planet. many there's so many holes in this I don't and the, Z, me, the ZPM it's... was in upside down as well, if you notice. The ZPM yeah, like that was, was in, in the thing upside down. Like there was just so many plot holes in this. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask Mitch. Was that it. was that a ten hards moment when um, McKay presses the button, that thing raises up and you see a ZPM there? Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty cool because it was like, oh shit, this is, this is what they're always searching for when they're going mm. off world. But I was immediately thinking, oh, it sucks. I can't take this because yeah. 
this is obviously doing a good job. And just how quick he's like, oh, man, I've got to get this back and just run some tests. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, obviously be quick, though. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys? You can't. Yeah. You know what this does. Yeah. You're trying to stop these guys from killing themselves because this is working. And yet you're like, just take it. What's the damage that can be done anyway? Yeah. Okay. That's what I, I think that's what I like about Atlantis because they do, they cut corners. Yeah. Whereas yeah. they can't in the SGC. So it's like, and they cut corners. Oh, I don't mind. Too much like this, where it's yeah. a really close this call. This is a moral cutting yeah. of corners sort of thing, where, which yeah, that that's struck true. me a little but bit. That, but that works with the McKay character too. Because oh, absolutely. He's, and that's he's like, he, he's got my... some Asperger's or something because he just has no concept of... Yeah. Oh, I love an Asperger with a nice side of chips. Oh, okay. <laughs> One of my notes here was about like McKay. He was he he got his own ten hards about the Z ZPM so much <laughs> that he was like, "We need to keep this." And like, oh, they like, oh, and Weir's like, "Oh, what if they need it?" He goes, "No, nah, they can just come live with us." I'm like, Dude, <laughs> "Yeah, that's what I mean." He's so single-minded. <laughs> yeah, you would hate nothing more than to bring all of those villagers children yeah. to live in your city. <laughs> but if that's a compromise you have to make so that you get to keep this sweet crystal, oh, man, McKay's already like that? he's he's got him on the on the mainland with the Athosians already. Oh, he's, that's, he's yeah, got, yeah. He's that's what he's thinking. Yeah, yeah. I hate the Athosians and I hate yeah. the few breeder kids. Let's yeah. shift, uh, stick them on the same batch of land, and hopefully they'll just all kill each other. Yeah, but for that's me, funny. it's like it's just the it's just the touchstone like dilemma all over again. It's like we wanted to you know play with the touchstone back in SG one, but it. Mm that other planet whereas the nid sneakily went back and took it and it's their planet and then we had to undo it so it's it was just yeah. that whole thing over again but less interesting for me i may, maybe it's just because i'm just like oh i think i was kind of you know vibing mckay with his oh my god get all these kids away from me kind of thing because i think i would be in yeah, that same scenario true. yeah that was um, hilarious man that made me there was laugh. some good scenes. He's so like, much. you want to go? You want to yeah. go? That was funny. I'm like, man, like you want to do that, obviously. <gasps> I know. Kindy so funny. And I like, kindy, Why? not even school, but kindy <laughs> I picked my kid up from. And as he come up to me and one of his friends come up and says, why does James have a stupid hat? I wanted to punch that kid in the face. Oh, dude. <laughs> you can't do it. McKay's yeah. like, you want, okay, uh -huh. you want to get some in? Let's take this out. You know, we are already outside. <laughs> Let's do it. Are you telling me back on earth? I will destroy you, you ant. Are you yeah. telling me you've never ankle tapped a five year old? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Not yet. And now you've oh, made mate. me realize that I've like I've not lived properly. No. Hey, it's I've got it down to an art form. You you when no one's looking, you ankle tap the kid and then and then you're the first one. Oh mate, did you fall over? Oh, you're okay. You set the narrative. You yeah. set the narrative. Yeah. I mean I've done plenty of that. Just never with an ankle tap. Yeah. 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 Kids yeah. fall over all the time. It's no big deal. Yeah. The parents expect it, if anything. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I, I did like how McKay was just treating the kids as adults. And when they were being kids at him, mm. he was like, that's not what I said. But you said this. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go? You want to go? All right, let's go. Like, I mean, it's not like a, oh, I've got kids, so I understand. And anyone that doesn't have kids doesn't. But like that does piss me off to someone who does have kids. When someone who doesn't have kids talks to kids like they're adults and then when that gets pissed off when they can't comprehend stuff like yeah. oh, i told i told you to wait because i was going to explain it to you later like what didn't you understand about that it's like he's four like yeah everything you just said there is yeah. very adult like don't everything mckay does in this episode is he's just he just wants that zpm he doesn't yeah. care about it's, anything else 
Yeah. It's like it's like me telling you to. It's like when your kids are crying, me just going, well, you just tell them to stop crying and yeah, just yeah, tell yeah. them. <laughs> What's that? It's a compass. What's yeah. that? It's for determining direction on Earth. I'm using it to... Where's Earth? <laughs> Listen, Cleo. Casta. Whatever. Are you supposed to be observing? Understand what that means, observing? Observing? It means you're supposed to watch. You're supposed to stay out of my way and watch. Why? Because. Because why? Because I say so. Why? Because I can't get any work done with you two buzzing around asking stupid questions in your stupid little voices. Now sit down and shut up. Oh, don't. 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 You're me. Thank you for finally noticing. Okay, you want to go? You want to go, huh? Okay. 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 Got a real gift for the kids. You do birthday parties? Look, I have a purpose here. Okay, you deal with them. Excuse me. Thank you. Do birthday parties? That was good. It's okay. It's okay. He's upset because you're smarter than him. You guys know what chocolate is? No? This is going to be huge. Okay, come with me. We're going to go over here. We'll leave the mean old man alone. That's a classic uncle move there on yeah, Ford's, on Ford's sure. part. Like, I've done that where I'll be at my parents' place and I'll be yelling at my kids for, like, doing genuinely bad things, you know, playing with something they shouldn't have and, and just not listening or whatever they're doing. Like, they're actually doing the wrong thing. And I've got to just amplify it a little bit because it's someone else's house. Mm. But because I'm yelling at my parents' grandkids, well, then they need to get, oh, come here, have something to eat, come and I'll do something <laughs> nice for you. And I'm like... Don't reward them for bad behavior. Like, you, not yeah. only are you rewarding them for bad behavior, you're actually telling them that what I just said to them was wrong. So, like, while McKay was a bit of a dick there, Ford there going, hey, don't worry about him. You want some chocolate? Yeah, you do. Well, let's yeah. do it. Let's make it's it. It's like, do you know what chocolate is? Oh, this is going to blow your mind. Like, that, <laughs> I did enjoy Game that. Game changer. Game changer. Oh, yeah. And then that's the end of the Ford. The Ford. Yeah. Likingness. That's it. I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like... um. A good father with Bunny Way all over again. Yeah. Can I um? Mm. Can I head on Martin Gira some more? Yeah, man. Before you do, did we? Okay. We didn't see any wraith. There was no darts, was there? It was just like their malp probe. Yeah. Right. There, there's no real darts. Oh, yeah, the weird little probey thing that you never see again in the entire run of this show. Yeah, <laughs> you see it in universe. It's about as close as you get. <laughs> they just they just rehash that idea. Because for some reason, I always rem skeleton. just remember. Yeah, I think I obviously I remember the skeleton. So and then talks about the dart, but you never see a dart in the episode. I always thought, for whatever mm. reason, they come with their darts because the beacon goes off, but they just send a probe, which is unlike the wraith. Yeah, it's usually they're all. Over I there. guess you know. Yeah, I guess last week when it's an ancient detector goes off, they're like, "Oh shit, send some darts straight away. This is important." But they're like, mm. "Oh, uh, a wraith." homing device i'll uh, just send a probe yeah Don't good call work. yeah Don't if they had have known there's dead pm there they would have been there in minutes so um martin giro thinks a lot of himself in his writing apparently in the in the climax of the episode when aries is like you know doing his big speech you know aries the bad guy you know the guy that wanted to take over from lieutenant elliot Martin Gira compares that speech to the incredibles when syndrome does his oh you caught me monologuing <laughs> And I'm like, mate, he was nowhere near that level of writing. Just calm down. It's your first episode. Shut the f*** up. And then the other thing he did is Martin Giro in his first episode, like this is one of his first writing gigs ever, in his first episode, he has the gall to pull a Peter DeLuise 
and he names the planet after himself. <laughs> so call. this planet is M7G677. So the M and the G stands for Martin Giro. And then the 7677 is his birthday, 6th of July, 1977. Mad. Piece of shit. <laughs> I love that. You make me sick. I love it. It's like MLO07. I like it. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, now I've got to keep that whole car chat in. Like, that's, oh, yeah, yeah. That's staying in. And then the biggest glaring um, omission in this episode was um, the bucket. I think a lot of fans know about it. The big white painter's bucket in the middle of the, um, uh, the kids' camp. When 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 uh, when the SG team is you know walking through and there's the big panning shots, there's a big old white painter's bucket. Oh, the latrine in the middle of the set. Not right. cool, guys. Not cool. David winning, losing, mate, losing. <laughs> I mean, they've got a ZPM. They could have a bucket. <laughs> yeah, but it's an Earth white painter's bucket <laughs> with the metal handle on this alien planet. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. Not about I, I think I, I was just fascinated with the like the child elders or you know early 20 elders but the 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 rest of the children you know sort of early to late teens are, are kind of like the main civilians you know they're sort of mm. the, the guts of the society uh and the yeah like get to 25 kill yourself for the good of the world and that's just the way that it is and even though it's a really it's a completely different type of um concept it did take me back it was probably just the number 25 but to that um uh, movie with um uh, justin timberlake and oh in in time or just time where they're in the future when they get to 25 and they stop aging but they also get a body clock and the rich the time is currency and you know you get paid in time and when you buy things you lose you know you go and buy a beer you might give up 12 minutes of your life or something like that like yeah. i love that oh, you guys have spent more than that on a beer yeah well absolutely and it was probably just that number 25 but the idea that yeah, i have spent i have older, spent no a gets... lot of years of my life yeah <laughs> i drank alcohol i was gonna say if you guys That's... had 15 minutes left to live and, and a beer was <laughs> And a beer was 14 and a half minutes, you'd be like, well, money well spent. Better skull this bitch. <laughs> I don't know. We spoke last week about uh, Tom Holland and my weird sort of feelings, but that movie in time, if I was Justin Timberlake and my mum looked like Olivia Wilde, I'd be thinking some really weird things. <laughs> Unnatural things. In the words of the Emperor. <laughs> uh... Yep. Lead balloon. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just hey, leaving it out there, there Just throw it, you know We've all been there <laughs> well, I haven't been there yet, so <laughs> um, I was just trying to back yeah, my man I, up You know how it is I mean, we've Did all, you want to play this Giro video one, to back up your um... Um, Oh, look, yeah if, if you want even more, like just Maybe so, because I mean, Brennan, you'd be familiar with Giro a bit But Mitch hasn't been, you know from what I've had Giro been inflicted on him yet. So maybe this will just give you a little bit of insight into the douchiness that is one Martin Giro. Play uh, Danger Beckett, who is Beckett's kind of handsomer brother or, you know, younger or older. <laughs> uh, that's the kind of range I have. Um, 
who's like been able to get away with everything because he's so handsome and uh, Beckett's had to work hard his whole life and uh, so it'll be really fun I've been working on an accent uh, you know so I think I think Paul McGillian's gonna really be excited so as you may or may not know this is gonna be like my first day <laughs> and, on, on, the, on, on Atlantis yeah yeah and oh, I didn't, I didn't uh, yeah, know no, it's gonna be great. Don't you think that that'll be great? Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be awesome. And so I was thinking I'd be Scottish too. I'd be like the handsome brother that got through life easy, and you're the one that had to study hard because you weren't as attractive. Well, I don't. I didn't see it in the script, though. To be honest. <laughs> no, but it, whatever I improvise is the script because I'm the writer. <laughs> okay. Can you do a Scottish accent? I mean, well, not yes. I have coached other people with a Scottish great. accent. Let's do it. So, yeah. Okay. Well, come on in. All right. Well, we could practice with my lines today, maybe. Sure, okay. Yeah, you could read my lines. Okay, great. I don't to, <laughs> I, I don't want to speak ill of your doctors. That's close. That's, That's very close. It's not bad. First go. I don't mean to speak ill of your doctors. I don't mean to speak ill of your doctors. That's it. That's yeah. good game, mate. Last time I checked your pulse, besides, even if there was no hope, I preferred to die surrounded by my friends and my family. <laughs> Paul McGillian's just staring at the camera. It didn't have the performance behind it no, because I'm just learning. Uh, it's that, for the, the ear. ear. It's for the ear. Yeah. You understand. You know, One last it, go because I'm very busy. Like, I, I have know, a lot of stuff I to know. do today before this. I'm afraid that's not my department. I'm afraid that's not my department. <laughs> now, are it... <laughs> It's department, sorry. The words in Scottish sound different. Like the Scottish accent, like you drop the D's, right? Just because I'm, I'm trying I'm to expand, you know, what I do. Like when you come up and you say, I have some well, ideas for the script, I, I listen. I don't. No, you always get like that. I don't take those ideas, but I listen to them politely, and I don't you think do. you're listening politely. I, I'm, I apologize. Like this is something, this is very important. I, mean, I apologize. There's no apology necessary. I'm, I'm just saying. that you want to play my brother in, in, in Atlantis. I mean, yeah, that, that more makes me. Yeah, you're the more attractive brother. Right. Uh, if you want to watch the rest of that, that's Stargate Atlantis. Martin Giro gets acting advice. It's on uh, the season two DVD box set. Well, to be honest, Matty, I didn't mind that, actually. Yeah, I liked, uh, I liked, I liked it. He, I... To me, he's pulling the Cooper <laughs> thing where he's like, well, well, I'm the writer, and <laughs> Please. You know, so my improv no. is technically the script no. because I'm this the guy's writer. Got, this guy's got a bit of writer. talent. That's the difference. Yeah, the I'm first, the writer. The first 20 seconds of that, where he was like, <laughs> more handsome old bro. I actually thought he was being serious. And then for yeah. the rest of it, I'm like, oh, no, he's actually he's taking the piss. A, this is a complete piss take. And I actually, yeah. I changed my opinion there a little bit. I've actually got more respect yeah. for him than before he was. <laughs> God damn it. Thanks for sharing that. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite effect of what I wanted. You've decoupered him. <laughs> if anything now, he's our favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me another writer. No, this is not Could happening. You? This is not happening. I love him, actually. I'm a big fan happening. of the gears, the gearster, the gearo, <laughs> the gearmeister. What gear are you in? Martin, full Absolutely. Martin. Absolutely, from a full Martin. Got ten Martins right now. Because <laughs> that just insults Martin Wood, you know. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Oh yeah, shit episode. Next. No, I enjoyed it. Okay. I liked it. I mean, I'm not going to watch it again anytime soon, but yeah. for for do it for rewatch purposes, yeah, it's not it's it's better than suspicion for me. It's up higher. Wow, no, this will be bottom three for me easily, easily wow. bottom three. Wow. Well, yeah, that, that's I, what I it says about mind. the season, Mitch. 
good hey. season. Must be a good season then, right? Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, watching this, the I'm just going back through the the episode titles so far, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, overall, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed the Atlantis ride so far. Like, a lot of shit pissed me off mm. about suspicion, but like, I kind of still dug it. I I'm with Brendan here, though, Maddie. I actually do I like this episode more. I think for a first time watch than I did with um, suspicion, but maybe I was expecting something really bad too because of the way that you sort of sold up childhood's end yeah well my, my new roommate is going through um the mcu so i've given him a list of how to watch it because the poor thing he was watching like thor one thor two thor three captain oh, america mate. one captain america no, was like, was like, no. <laughs> mate no. like, that's adorable doesn't and he have an iphone He's seen Infinity War, but he's never seen Endgame, and it's all over the place. Like he's he's seen Infinity War, but he's never seen Civil War or Ragnarok, and it's is he allowed thing. in that room that you're currently broadcasting from? Because like not, not without supervision. Um, <laughs> so, so I gave him the list. Hang and on, hang on. Do you have a nylon rope in front of that room? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> velvet rope. It's a velvet rope. No, but you'd have nylon. Um. Oh no, it's leather. Leather, mate. Studded leather. <laughs> Um, so I've given him like a chronological list okay. um, of how to watch it. Um, but it pass my chronological test? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'll, have to, I'll have to send you a picture of it. But um, I've been kind of, because he's like, oh, I'm up to, the other night he's like, I'm up to Iron Man 3. And I'm like, oh, you're in for a treat. Mm. And he hasn't watched it in like three days. He's been putting it off. He's been started other stuff because I've been shitting on Iron Man 3 so much. So well, Lid, well, just good. He might like it. Yeah, he might. I mean, just during this um, podcast recording, I've got two mates from work that are re-watching the MCU movies as well in a chronological order. And one of them really didn't like Thor Ragnarok. And we've been talking about that because I wasn't a big fan of Thor Ragnarok either. Uh, and for the same reasons we found, and he's just re-watched that tonight. And he's like, um, can I change my mind? I really like it now. So um, yeah, your, your roommate might come back differently about Iron Man 3, just the way that I've done that with Childhood's End. So mm. I didn't like what they did with Thor and Endgame. But, um, you didn't? No. I thought it was a wrong yeah. movie for it. I think, I think there were a few moments where they went a little bit too far. I think the perfect Thor, like, I didn't mind him in, like, up until Ragnarok, but I, Ragnarok was just like, oh, let's take the, let's have some fun with him. Mm. And then I think Infinity War was, like, Thor, like, perfection because he was, like, mm. he still was able to have fun, but not at the expense of the moment or the threat. Whereas Ragnarok, I felt like they were building up all this bad shit ready to happen and then to be like a fart joke or someone to trip mm. over or something and it was just like oh my yeah, god i think they're no. trying to be guardians of the galaxy yeah and i'm like I'm, i feel no As guardians of the galaxy buddy. yeah yeah I've, I've, i felt there were no stakes in ragnarok even though it was literally about the end of the world and potentially the universe or whatever you know like i just didn't feel any great great danger whereas i feel like they kept on that and the the sad shit that carried on um uh, with thor's character and all the loss and then uh, also applied um a, that they kept some of that humor as well and then the fresh shit that happened in infinity war so anyway we've got a little bit sidetracked but uh, there you go yeah. i mean he's uh, a god a i don't podcast. know why it was funny that he got fat they should have probably put it in infinity war or something in in endgame he should have got ripped for that last scene that's where i felt about it like when he got his armor back, just get was, yeah. ripped. Or when he well, there was talk doing, about it. When he did the lightning and, thing, and it was just yeah. boos. Or apparently there was talk about it, and Hemsworth said no. Apparently. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was he was the one that said no. I want to stay fat. Yeah. Well, he's an idiot. Why would you listen to him? 
Dude, did you write this, mate? Did you write like it? You, Chris. <laughs> hey, mate, it's not his character. He didn't write it. But I think I think he was that body, body positivity. Him saying, him saying, you can be a superhero without having a six pack. It was about body positivity, and then it gives him something to work for in Love and Thunder. He's a god. Yeah. So gods could be fat. Odin was a tubby. So it's fine. <laughs> he was, Thanks, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. Oh, man. Well, I, I watched the if, first episode of his Afterlife too. Yeah, I did have the other um, one. I watched both, uh, all of it. Yeah. Oh, nice. If we get to Love and Thunder and Thor has abs and there's no mention of him getting like he got thin off screen, I'll be pissed too. But oh, they should working, do like a Rocky montage where he yeah. gets yeah. Shit. If he works through it in Love and Thunder, I'm all for yeah. it. Yeah, like literally, I have the tiger. Like, yeah. Because yeah, he's hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Maybe Chris Pratt's oh, got some yeah. sick mixtape. He's got Eye of the Tiger yeah. on there, guys. And maybe, you know, he gets fit so he can win back Jane Foster's heart, guys. Oh, shit. Yeah. Here we are fixing Thor, and uh, we should be fixing Atlantis, but, you know. I fix Atlantis by firing Martin Gira. <laughs> Hey, he's hilarious. Don't don't knock back. I like back. him. Right. <laughs> you two make me sick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I think uh, the other thing I, I actually did like about this episode was just how, like I said before, it was kind of like what we've seen a hundred times with SG One, but just the way they're doing it in an Atlanta style, and just the different characters that take on. I guess the traits that SG One characters would have been like. You know, you had sort of McKay. He's he's Carter, but by way of McKay, like he's the smartest guy in the room. So that was sort of had to be taken care of. And he had that role where he was just about the ZZPM. And then you had um, Shepard where he kind of had- Let's all say zero point module. Yeah. yeah. When they said that in this episode, I'm like, God, that sounds so much better than the confusion around Z or Z. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, zero point module. But then you had um, Shepard and he was, he had to be both, I guess, as he has to be a lot of the time, but especially this. He had to be both O'Neill and Jackson, whereas he had to go in there. He was this mission. He should have been O'Neill. He just had to get in there, get what they wanted and get out or just get out and avoid conflict altogether. But he was also being very Daniel where he was like, no, you guys don't have to live this way and we can make life better for you. And this is what it's really like. And I felt like it seems so, I don't know Shepard. I know I've known him for five, six episodes now, that felt so mm. natural to his character for me already mm. was that he could go in there as his military man, but also care a lot about these civilians. It wasn't even the youngest people that he was worried about. He's worried about this 24-year-old kid. And then even McKay sort of being him, I'm like, I didn't completely disagree about why he wanted to do it because I'm like, I've seen it done by two different type characters in SG-1. So I like how they're mixing things up by keeping them the same or mm. keeping them the same by mixing it up a little bit. So mm. um, Yeah, there was definitely some good character moments in this and it's a great way to get to learn where everyone sits. Mm. But yeah, just as a as an overall plot, the kid planet, hate yeah. it. Like send an aqua bomb through to that planet. Yeah, actually I liked um, the thing but, I liked about the 25, how... They're like, oh, you should be pre- preparing for your death, basically, for the cleansing ceremony. It was almost like the president was ending his term and the new president was coming through. Mm. And it's like, oh, so that, but that happens like every year to them or maybe even every three months, yeah. depending on, you know, the age of people. So I thought that was really interesting, the way that the new guy was going to be in charge. And that would just be, that whole concept of changing your president every three months would be weird. Yeah. 
Whoever's yeah, whoever's the oldest is in charge. So he almost seemed very radical in the sense that like they're going from like a right or left wing president to mm. the opposite. Like yeah. we we didn't get the feeling that was it Garris, Karras, whatever the friggin' hell his name was. Um, it wasn't like he was he was against the sacrifice like the other bloke was suggesting at the end. But he was a little bit more open-minded to Shepard and the way of the humans and hearing their thoughts and ideas. He was still going to go ahead with it. He's like, look, I'd love nothing more than just to learn from you. But I've got to kill myself tonight. Sorry, bro. <laughs> you know, that's happening. And he was there and he had the face paint done and he was there like getting the robes done and shit. And I was singing songs and chanting and thinking about shit. Like he was ready to do it. And then the other guy, when he kind of come along and took charge he was like you let your fear of the sacrifice you know cloud your judgment i'm like dude he like had the knife to his wrist before like mm. it, it it no he's not like but he was so against the humans these guys have got to die because they're going to bring death to us like they've all been raised mm. the same it's not like they've been raised under mm. a different political mind to each yes. other they've all been raised the same yet he was attacking it so much more <laughs> aggressively that second bloke so i found and that they, interesting too. and they made it sound like aries like when he took over was going to be a really bad leader but as you say it's like how much damage can he do to a hut settlement in, <laughs> in a year in a year. year like yeah, what can he do a week like you know you're <laughs> yeah just gonna, like what, just what damage can he do in that time what's he gonna do let people go outside the field so they can live longer lives yeah. oh no like he got his like, followers yeah. chanting Four more weeks. Four more weeks. <laughs> what I, what yeah. I'm, while you were talking, Mitch, before about like you know the different elements of characters like that have taken from SG One over to um, Atlantis, which we've spoken about before, it just made me sort of wish and and wonder as as my mind wandered. Imagine if Teal'c had the same view of kids that McKay had. Mm. How much fun would that have been? <laughs> Like, he pretty much did. In... He left his son for dead. <laughs> but imagine if, like, back in season three with Proving Ground, when we met all those really smart kids that taught us how to make the Naquita generator, and he was like, "You want to go? You want to go, huh? You want to go?" <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that, Tommen? Only... Yeah, fuck you up. I can, I can only dream now. <laughs> it would have been great. And you're at least thirty. Um... <laughs> All right, it's time to find out if Mitch has been paying attention. Oh. No song for this one, mate. All right, five <laughs> questions, 30 seconds on the clock. All right, shout out to Toasty again with the question for the trivia if you want to help oh, out on the with Discord. the trivia. On the Discord, jump on the, jump on jump on the Discord. Discord, guys, and uh, leave us some trivia questions because Brennan doesn't want to write them. I mean, because we love your input. I mean, I've still written four out of five, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your time starts after this first question. At yeah. what age do the inhabitants of M7G677 believe they must die so the wraith will leave them alone? 25. Correct. What does Colonel Shepard give to Keris for his birthday? Chocolate. Correct. What name did one of the kids give to a wraith dart? No, pass. What name did the kids have for the Stargate? Oh, no, pass. How many villages were there on the planet? Um, several, 12. Correct. What caused the sudden loss of control of the puddle jumper? Electromagnetic field. Time. Correct. Time's up. So close. I reckon right. I was the exact same as Mitch. I didn't know those two in the middle. So the kids named the, the race dart a death bird. Oh, wow. And uh, 
the kids called the Stargate the well or Wraithwell. That's right. The well. Later called oh, it. Yeah. Right. yeah. And uh, you got, I, got I everything else right. I first Ooh. said that in the episode, they're like, oh, no one's come through the well. And I'm like, you guys know what a well is? The well goes <laughs> down, bro. Like, yeah. it can't go any other way. Well then, Mitch, do you think that could be a foreshadowing to next week's Atlantis episode, Poisoning the Well? Oh, well, well, not. well. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's just a coincidence. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, well, well. Martin Hero suggested it, but they didn't go with it. Yeah. <laughs> if only it they hadn't gone it. with his employment. Jeez, I really plucked 12 out of my ass there for yeah, a second. Yeah, that was pretty like. Well done. <laughs> are they all the same size? Some are smaller, but some are bigger. I'm like, <laughs> thanks for being really, uh, really good cool there. Yeah, it's just about the same. Quality Martin Gira writing right there. I just like it how he can just this guy can just poon heaps of young girls, like girls, and then just ship them off to other villages. Yeah, what like? How does that work? They almost didn't explore. Well, they didn't explore that enough. Where he's like, do you have kids? He's like, oh yeah, they live in another village, so we don't cross like family lines or whatever. I'm like, um, until his grandkid, until his grandkid gets shipped back to their settlement, and then he's banging yeah. his own granddaughter. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I wonder, like even just the way that he goes, yeah, yeah, he lives or they live in another village. And I'm like, that, the way that he said it, it just sounded like the kid like had a few years behind him. It wasn't like he had a two year old. Mm. So twenty four, like he'd had at least six. Yeah, and he'd, he'd had him from like the age of 14 or something like that. Yeah. Like, I wonder what, yeah, the, I wish that we would have it's explored like the, that. Um, not the 100 Days, not 100 Days, the Brief Candle. Mm. They would have been just straight into it after 13 oh, days. Like, yeah. Just, just shadow boxing, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Nonstop. So I think. Just, just poisoning does well. That, does that. Does that actually <laughs> reduce population if you kill yourself at 25? I don't see how. Like it gets rid of the midlife crisis kids, but yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Like if you but have yeah, it's seven like, kids. It's like, yeah, if you're, if you're 14 and told you're allowed to have sex and mm. produce children. Yeah, there's basically no laws. You're every, every, every other day, you're just... Yeah, going to pound town, going to each village. Like... Not gonna like I said, why don't they nuts. just yeah just put in population control? It's like you can only have one kid, and then well, you don't commit, stupid tree people, and then you don't have to commit suicide when you're 25. Like yeah, I just like the idea guys. of like, hey Karis, you haven't paid your rent for three weeks. Yeah, I'll kill myself. Don't care. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Say <laughs> get out of your tree hut, and you're gonna have to go and live in a tree with no hut attached to it. Just, just a little burrow. Oh, yeah, I'm a bit behind. It's alright. I'll pay you tonight. Sure, I'm dead. Yeah, not about it. Next. <laughs> All right. Episode 163 of Getting the Gate, that is. So uh, next week, yeah, we're back to uh, Affinity, is it, of SG1? Yeah. Mm, Mitch, we've been talking you know about this episode, this episode quite a lot over the years. Yeah. Just you know just it. layering just little, 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 little bits here and there about one Lois Lane. Oh, oh you just gave it away. Oh, yes. He's seen the episode before. It's fine. Yeah. I'm going to, mate, please, as if I'm not going to forget immediately after we stop recording this podcast. You know, I'm like, holy shit, do you guys know that Lois Lane's in this? Yeah. Like, yeah, mate, she's, I've been telling you. Oh, and just remember, she's, she's married to Kronos. Is it Kronos? Soka. Soka? Soka and Anubis. So you saw his face as Soka. She's a bit of a slut. No, same guy, you idiot. Oh. Um, 
so you saw his face as Sokar, but yeah. he's the guy that's been in the Anubis robe for the last like three seasons. Yeah, right. Um, I think David Palfy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lois Lane. I should have got Martin Gira to do it. He's a way better actor. <laughs> I'd love to see a death scene of Martin Gira. That'd be great. I'd uh... be fed on by a wraith. <laughs> Well, until then, you can check out all your old episodes on your favourite podcasting outlet. Get into Gate, a Stargate podcast. Follow us on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, same deal, Get into Gate, a Stargate podcast. Or drop us a line for our hairy mailbag, getintogate at gmail.com. Yeah, we should probably do a hairy mailbag special soon. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah sounds man. good. Special. Yeah, let's do one. Knock it out. Uh, also, if you want to get into gate official discord server this is how it works you jump onto the internet and you type in crit sorry what the the, in, internet? the internet and how and do you, i you type in one http colon forward slash forward slash crit c-r-i-t dot u-s forward slash get into gate and look, there's heaps of stuff on there. Check it out if you want. Yeah, check it out. Submit questions for has whoever been paying attention. And yeah, and uh, and if and guys, if you don't want your childhood to end, um, jump on our Patreon. Great, cool. Hey, I was trying to think of a way to make fun of Martin Giro, but it's just too much effort. And honestly, yeah. And if, you, <sighs> if you don't want kids to die, jump on the Patreon. There we go. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash get into gate. You know, the answers are. Yeah. You know, Mitch and Brennan rely on that money to feed their children. So if you don't get on our Patreon, their children are going to die of malnutrition. And, you know, you don't want that on your conscience. (sighs) Funny. Can you leave? Yeah. Otherwise, you can check us out uh, individually on the socials. I am Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Maddie, where you at? At high pitch, Maddie. Let me know how much you hate Martin Giro. Just give me. Hey, tell us how much you <laughs> like him too, if you want. Your hate feeds me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Where are you at, Brendan? I'm at the Brendan Gibson on Twitter and Instagram. Are you Are you back to the Brendan Gibson? Yeah, Not... no one took it surprisingly. Oh, <laughs> mate! I tried Jeez. to tag you in something the other week. I think it was last week's podcast post. <laughs> And I, write, I, just, I always write Bren and pops up and the rest, which is your right. old one. And it come up, the Bren Gibson. I'm like, oh, God, it's putting his old one in there again. I'm not <laughs> even going to bother. Didn't tag you in it. That's what I've been oh, hoping. I'm... I get missed by a lot of Mate, But I spent yeah. like at least a couple of minutes, which is a long uh, time when you're like, and the rest underscore. No, no, hang on. Okay, now it's underscore no, it's and at underscore. And then no, hang on. It's and... underscore and the rest <laughs> underscore. No, 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 hang on. No, it's... Underscore, underscore, and the, no, no, no. The rest, oh, underscore, underscore. oh, shit, I don't even know. Screw Brennan. <laughs> like, yeah, I got a notification. It's your real name. <laughs> I'm happy I mean, about it. I, I so think go back to it. Banana in the Sink, honestly. <laughs> but um, I, I love do that occasionally. Someone, <laughs> especially during ISO. Yeah. Um, I follow, someone followed us on Twitter the other day, so I sort of clicked on their profile, and it like, shows who they're following, and it's like, Follows Get Into Gate, <laughs> follows At The Fly Gibson, follows Mitch Lewis, follows Matt Gibson, and, <laughs> and I'm just like, he obviously couldn't find your Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trolling myself. Uh, like yeah. it's, not even, it's not helping anyone. <laughs> yeah. 
That's so much I'm of a troll I am. I'm trolling you know, myself. Even the show page doesn't follow Brendan, probably. So no. I, <laughs> no, he's too hard to keep track of. <laughs> too hard. <laughs> I think I think your next one should be at Bodana in the sink. I think that's that's mm. obviously the next yeah, one. I've done that one too. Oh, have you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you done. Oh, not I your see. Twitter handle though. Not your Twitter. Uh, handle, no, right? no, no, no. God no. no. <laughs> <laughs> What about two in the pink, two in the sink? Oh, oh nice. You know? Mine was good, his was better. <laughs> Over to you, Gary Jones. Oh, God, yeah. Get into geek.